another episode of whiskey and wine 69 and tonight is our premiere episode of friday the 69th mm. my name is johnny and i'm joined as always by my lovely co-host lizzie hey guys so this is our first episode of friday the 69th basically it's a series within our whiskey and wine podcast where we dabble into the worlds of unsolved crimes conspiracy theories and horror So today, for our first episode of Friday the 69th, we're going to be touching on JonBenet Ramsey. Not literally. Of course not. No. That would be pedophilia and necrophilia, so. (laughs) Oh, That's a double banger. (laughs) God. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) It's not pedophilia. It's necrophilia, and that's a different thing. Yeah, that's still illegal, but not as frowned upon. Am I right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care if you frown at me. I frown <laughs> I frown oh, generally all the time anyways, so fuck it. You can't arrest me for what you didn't catch me doing directly. Yeah. No face, no case. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's a there's definitely a if the casket don't fit, you must have quit joke there somewhere. <laughs> we cannot stop this <laughs> this shit show train. <laughs> it's it, inappropriate quick yeah it's like a rabbit hole within a rabbit hole an mm. inception of rabbit holes <laughs> i do love some holes yeah especially of the rabbit variety and child above for that matter um so anywho being any sort of crime junkie on any part of the spectrum i've spent countless hours researching jean benet for no fucking reason with that being said in my mind, I'm thinking JonBenet Ramsey is super cliche. Everybody's fucking heard of her. Everybody knows all the excruciating details about her. But then I met my boyfriend, Johnny. And on a wild, drunken night on our patio, I mentioned her name. And that was definitely not the case. Not the case. He had no idea about JonBenet. He had no idea about the details. So we're going to go ahead and say, fuck it. Why not just make our first episode about JonBenet Ramsey? 
And like Lou Schmidt says, every pedophile's dream. (laughs) (laughs) That's a direct quote. He said that. He did say that. Did he really? And I quote Lou Schmidt, every pedophile's dream. He's probably dead now, so we can say whatever I want. I think that we should say whatever we want, no matter who's dead or alive. True that. But let's go over it. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's get into the deets, as they say in the biz. So, what was it? She was found on December 26th, the day after Christmas of mm-hmm. 1996. Mm-hmm. A lot of sixes in there. Six, six, six. Well, not three of them, but two. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> yep. But <laughs> yep, no, nope. hold on to your pants because she was six years old. Holy shit. Son of a bitch. Satan was up to it all along. Yeah, we Get didn't solved. even. Move on. All right, next. Yeah, why didn't they go into um, ritual, satanic, cult theories? Yeah, how come the devil wasn't put on trial? <laughs> no. I'd like to know that. Not the devil, but, you know. Did they even look into this? Okay, so. It doesn't seem like it because it's pretty fucking clear to me, but. (laughs) Yeah, fuck all the other theories. That's where you should have been looking. So what I know about JonBenet Ramsey is that she was a beautiful little girl of the age of six. And she was into pageants. Her mom entered her into pageants from an early age and she lived a cushy little life in Colorado with her parents that were well off. She had an older brother named Burke and they lived in a cookie cutter lifestyle and that she died of strangulation and blunt force head trauma on December 26th of 1996 off the dome. That's what I know. It's quite a bit. I know a few other things, but, you know, don't want to get yeah, you, twisted. You, you were well-versed in this whole situation. I felt like you didn't even have to do any research, but I did <laughs> because I was not versed. Tell me what you know, babe. What I know is that Patsy Ramsey is a complete piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> who obviously didn't care about her child. Um, and... Because I am a logical person, I kind of looked at this. I tried to look at this from an unbiased perspective and really look at the evidence and uh, the people involved and the facts. I wanted to look at the facts. And the more I did, I got to tell you, I am one of the people that leans more towards the family uh, thing. But we'll get into that because we're going to dive straight into the 911 call that you heard at the beginning of this episode. To me, that sounds like a woman who is making a phone call that she knows she has to make but doesn't want to make. She, it, it, The whole thing is impersonal and disconnected. Um, for First of all, she basically gives the 911 operator no information to go off of, really. She says the basics. Um, and almost in a rehearsed manner, uh, we have a kidnapping, send someone. Mm-hmm. Okay. The operator tries to get more information. She almost repeats herself. We have a, and then she catches herself and says, there's a note left. Uh, our daughter, our daughter is gone. Why is the note first? 
why why is that the first piece of information you give seems a little backwards right he wouldn't you say my daughter is missing my daughter is gone my daughter's been kidnapped there's a ransom note here not there's a ransom note if your daughter got kidnapped and you had a ransom note there wouldn't you say my daughter has been kidnapped there is a ransom note here not there we have a ransom note by the way because oh yeah our daughter is gone you know so it's a little impersonal a little disconnected backwards to me but moving on and then um, when the operator is like well or who are you uh she says i am the mother not i'm her mother i you know uh patsy ramsey i'm the mother whoever is arriving you want them to know as much as humanly possible to help you out what i hear is her giving the absolute bare minimum like no information whatsoever and and that's it and over and over again she's just saying please 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 which hearing it it sounds like a frantic woman she's you know obviously um going through some shit but i kind of agree with a lot of the um people that have done research into it when you're looking at it it's it, it it almost seems over overly like polite almost overly like um formal yeah yeah that's a good way to put it with your sprinkle of like you said rehearsed frantic energy Mm -hmm. it's like oh and let's toss a little frantic in there because i know i should be because i'm the mother after all yeah it's it's weird it's a weird energy all around and then the cherry on fucking top of it all when she feels like she's given enough information she hangs up why would you hang up? That's your that's your lifeline. That's the person you're calling for help. Well, she th- thought she hung up, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's so many videos on the internet where there's m- more recent audio break-aparts of what was said when she thought that she hung up. Yeah. The most recent video that we both watched together was... What was she saying? She was saying something along the lines of... What did you do to mommy? Um, they're going to arrest me. Yeah, we we watched a few videos and they all kind of they all kind of are along the same vein, but they they have different uh, subtitles. What they think is being said. I'm actually going to try to. Uh, I have the 911 call. I'm going to try to enhance the audio and uh, get that part as uh, audible as possible. And I'm going to throw it at the end of the episode. So you could take a listen and uh, what do you, what you make out of it? What do you what do you think you're hearing? Because I I'm not sure what I hear, but it definitely definitely sounds like they're uh, they know they're in some shit to me. Yeah, at the very least. And just a and I love that you're doing it yourself, babe. Because what's so beautiful and yet not so beautiful about rabbit hole unsolved cases is that. Who fucking knows? Because there's so many paths that we can take. But let's take them together. Yeah, the fallacy that most people fall into is that when they go down these kind of rabbit holes, they look, even if they're logical and evidence-based like me, they'll look at other people's evidence and just believe it. And and that's kind of what happens with those like YouTube videos when they're um, dissecting the audio from the 911 call. They put their own subtitles. So you're like, oh, yeah, I do hear that. But you can watch another video and they put their subtitles like, shit, it sounds like that too. So, uh, 
really you kind of need to do your own uh, investigating and whatnot. So that's yeah, what- like take everything with a grain of salt, gather your own conclusion, and then let us know what you think. Mm. Please do. Yeah, we value you and your opinion. The next sometimes. piece of evidence. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, not all the time. Okay. Yeah. Fuck your opinion. Also. The the next and arguably the most important piece of evidence, obviously, is the ransom note, which some might say is overanalyzed or made to be out to be uh, too big of a deal. I don't, it needs to be simply because whoever wrote the ransom note is the killer. Hands down, 100%. If not the killer, directly involved. Mm-hmm. It has to be. It has mm-hmm. to be, hands down. And from the ransom note, <clears throat> which is three fucking pages long, by the way, like that's that's the first obvious. Excuse me. What? Yeah. Well, not only that, but also the again the formal weird vibe of it. Mm-hmm. But f- ranging from several years back of all the documentaries that I've watched on the Jean Benet Ramsey case, where they actually touch on the fact that. They gather the evidence and the opinions of handwriting analysts that specialize in that, where they all, most of them conclude that it was, in fact, written by Patsy Ramsey. Yeah, I think uh, the, not the most recent one, the the one we initially watched, um, they showed, like, comparison. I was like, yeah, what the fuck? That's to me. I was like, if I had to do that, I would. I would be like, yeah, that's that's her fucking handwriting. Obviously, it looked to me like it was almost a direct match. There was like little tiny deviations, and to me, I was, <laughs> I was like, the, uh, uh, okay, when you're writing in a frantic manner or whatever, you realize you got to cover a fucking murder up. Probably something's gonna be a little different, but it's so goddamn close. It's like. Yeah, who else writes like that? You know exactly. I mean? And it's just crazy to me because I've watched shitty documentaries on this case and I've watched pretty well thought out and well put together documentaries. And nonetheless, I feel like the facts were still valid. Whereas the shittiest documentary I've ever seen on the Jean Benet Ramsey case, which was on Amazon for the free, they made the focal point about the ransom note and they made the focal point about all the analysts. I think they said a a total of three within that documentary analyzed and compared the handwriting in the ransom note to Patsy Ramsey's handwriting and almost there were way too many red flags and significant standouts that connected her to those. Mm Mm-hmm. And the only thing that was just, it was just John Ramsey basically saying, no, there's no way my wife was directly involved. You have to question if this was a family that had less money, had less stature or whatever you want to call it, would they have been convicted? 100%. Exactly. It's like, okay, so you have John Ramsey, this person with a good reputation, with a lot of money to blow on legal representation. 
all your it's just we're supposed to take your word for it we're supposed to take your fucking word for it no it was not my wife patsy like there's no fucking way <laughs> what do you fucking mean yeah back then boulder was like a a small town relatively and so and ramsey's being who they were basically ran that bit well, not ran it but they were fucking well known and and apparently well fucking liked by many and all so yeah uh if it was some fucking poor Hoboken family from down the street, they would have been like, yep, you guys did it. You're fucked. Goodbye. Yeah. So. And would it have been as blown up no, if it wasn't like all. a picture perfect cookie cutter family? Yeah. That's why the media immediately grabbed it. It was like this perfect family that nothing bad could ever happen to this very, very uh, suburban American people. Look what happened to them. Oh, my gosh. It's like, fuck, no. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, okie dokie. So moving on, because I guess you continuously denied it. Like what Patsy Ramsey said yeah. during her interrogation. Go back to the fucking drawing board because I didn't fucking do it. Yeah. I get that. And I try to put myself in people's shoes um, no matter what, especially having a daughter. I don't rem even remotely have a similar reputation or a background as that, especially on paper. And I pride myself in that, to be perfectly honest, because fuck that. But I know that if for God forbid, if my daughter were to go missing or get kidnapped or et cetera, I would be picked apart. My reputation would be, I'd be interrogated. Everything would be looked into. And to be perfectly honest, I would be fucked because on paper, I don't look that great. With that being said, though, I am taking that into consideration. And like you said, trying to be unbiased. But what the fuck? I wouldn't... <laughs> I know goddamn well if my daughter were to go missing, there would not be a three-page ransom. <laughs> Why? Because you would From write. paper within my home, and that fucking <laughs> handwriting would not match mine. Yeah. Yeah, and you have Terrible, very distinctive handwriting. Yes, you do. I would be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> if someone managed to just perfectly copy that, yeah, you'd be fucked. No, I would have to fucking be like, yo... I love you, bitch. Can, do you mind writing me, sprucing me up a little note right now? No, I could not write my own ransom note. I'd be fucked. Yeah, you would. Completely. 100%. But, yeah, I get the fact that, you know, some people, like, the local police department were dead set on it being the Ramseys, right? And the district attorney's office was dead set on it not being the Ramseys for whatever reason. I would assume um, from connections that John Ramsey himself probably had, you know, he's a very successful CEO of a, of a software company. Um, so I'm sure he had friends in high places. So I'm sure the district attorney's office was probably trying to steer the investigation a different direction, probably because of that. I don't know. I'm speculating, but I would assume. Speculating, yeah. yes, but nonetheless, like I, I would just want to throw out there that the impression I gather, which is probably accurate, and I feel like a lot of people gathered the same impression, is that John Ramsey, regardless, is a very smart. I don't want to say calculated because that has a negative connotation, but he's definitely, he seems smart and he knows what he's doing. 
And I feel like what a lot of people's impression of that and mine included is that I feel like he used that to back somebody up. If it was, in fact, somebody in the family, I could see why somebody would have the impression of that. If it was Patsy or Burke, it is very good to have John Ramsey in your corner. Oh, 100%. He has the financial backing, and he also is smooth and smart enough and consistent enough to say and to be like, no. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. uh, No. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Even to this day, Patsy has passed away. But I mean, I guess if you start something, you got to stick with it. Yeah, because he could. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, if he came out and was like, yeah, by the way, it was Patsy. Uh, she's dead now. They couldn't convict her, but they'd be like, yeah, you're fucked, buddy. By the way, you remember all that perjury you committed and shit? Yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. And as if your reputation wasn't tarnished enough, now you're def. It's definitely confirmed that you're a fucking liar. And I mean, you have been all along. At that point, like. Yeah, I I mean, you would be saving face for Burke um, if he's not the one that did it. Um, you'd be saving face for Burke, but, like, really, your own reputation at that point, like, probably really doesn't matter. Like, he's probably got to be close to dying pretty soon, I'd, I'd imagine. Well, rep- I'm sorry. He's got to be in his 50s or 60s. Well, yeah, but, like, death upon you or not, that is not a reason to give yourself up. Like you said no, prior this. to this, that's a deathbed deathbed confession type thing but let's say it's more so along the lines of reputation your reputation is so fucked even exonerated or not like you are still up in the air like that for so many people and like he's mentioned in a lot of interviews the greatest gift to yourself is to remove hatred and bitterness and continue living your life and I also believe in that but you have a different theory. You think it might have been uh, what was Sandy's Sandy Claus's name? Who was that guy? Isn't that you? Who you think did? So, if you were to ask me what my conclusion is, it isn't necessarily my conclusion. Although it is a huge suspect in detail that I am continuously fixated on. I love the whole theory and backstory of Bill McReynolds. The man that Patsy Ramsey hired to be Santa Claus two years in a row for their Christmas parties, both 1995 and 1996. He was basically an older man that dressed like Santa that went to their very elaborate Christmas parties. And I believe he got, I just realized that he did not just get one vial of gold glitter, but two vials of gold glitter one per year, if I'm not mistaken, and I apologize if I am, from Jean Benet herself. He later was was very open about, you know, th- and this guy has children. And in total, I believe he has six grandchildren. And he openly admitted to the media that he was very hurt by Jean Benet Ramsey's death, which isn't surprising or a bad thing to admit but what was weird about it was that his he admitted that he was closer to Jean Benet than any of his own children and any of his own grandchildren and that those vials of glitter he wanted 
spread within his ashes whenever he was cremated. So that kind of raises, you know, red flags or suspicions or just vibes within people in general. All of the above. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. He also, and I believe, I'm tr- I'm quoting this from direct memory, I apologize, that he found her very pensive and very alluring, basically, and that she was just basically implying that she was so beyond her years and he ha- was just so drawn in by her smile and things of that nature, I which mean- is also another yikesy poo. <laughs> For sure. And I don't even know what pensive means, but it definitely sounds like a word a pedophile would use. I know. I actually, and my she's favorite so thing pensive. to do. Oh, yeah, totally. What does that mean, bro? It means she's going to get fucking raped. I know. Anything with the word pen in it, because we all know uh, porn pen. Is that the thing? What? I apologize. Mm, no, I think I'm thinking of pig pen. Mm, there's definitely pen, porn, porn hub, porn pen. I don't I've never Pen. Heard of that. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Ooh. I need to stay on track here. Yikes. Um Zoinks. So no, 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 no. I was on to something. So So pensive. What I like to do is put the if you ever need to know the definition of something, type the word define in front of the word that you are stumped on. So I defined the word pensive and it's basically like lost in thought or really? et cetera. Just, you know, basic. I, I feel like what I gathered from it was she always seemed beyond her years and had more depth and substance to her. With that being said, what else is suspicious about him is, you know, in any article you will read about Bill McReynolds and his wife is that with that golden glitter vial, he also mentioned that the summer prior to that party, I believe, is that he carried that vial of golden glitter with him for his heart surgery, which he ended up dying of, uh, I believe, a heart attack within his home at the age of 72. Let's rewind a bit. That also raises suspicion. Is it a coincidence or not? I know that they were ruled out eventually, whether it be by DNA or alibi. But his wife, Mrs. McReynolds, she had actually written a play in 1974, I want to say, about a 16-year-old getting kidnapped and raped and dying in her basement. That's fucking weird. Oddly specific. And then I believe fast forward to 1978 where their own nine-year-old daughter was kidnapped along with her friends. They never found who did it. And the daughter had actually witnessed the friend getting sexually assaulted by whoever had kidnapped them. That's also really strange. Did the daughter survive and go back home? Yes. Huh. I only ask. It did. I, none of the articles that I read, it didn't mention her death. She did return home. I only ask because it's like, if you even remotely thought that that was your father who, you know, who's doing it, which is 
you know, the reason I assume you, you bring that up because it's like, did he do that? Did he condemn his own daughter and her friend? Um, I feel like even if you couldn't identify him visually, mannerisms alone could give that away. If you know a person well enough, you can tell like who they are in a crowd or whatever. You can't like visually make them out just by the way they move and do things or uh, body language and certain things. You can tell who a person is um, just by looking at looking at their body language and stuff. Like even if you had a fucking mask on and could not possibly look at their face and identify them, you could still tell if you know that person well enough. And I feel like, well, I guess a nine year old, uh, nah, yeah, a nine year old could definitely identify her fucking father by body language. So that's strange. But yeah, it's super fucking coincidental that not only the wife writes a play about kidnap and murder in a basement, and then it's like he kidnapped his own daughter to try to like you know like a like a trial run kind of thing he's like well kidnapped the daughter but the friend was the one assaulted yeah maybe but why bring your daughter along you know maybe if it were in fact him maybe the uh the goal was to just kidnap the friend and something went a little wrong there so it's like fuck i gotta take her to or something it's like a uh, fail safe kind of maneuver like you you can't I mean this is a whole nother rabbit hole that we're unintentionally yeah. diving into I mean I think it, it's been implicit in certain documentaries where the wife has been directly involved in like these series of fetish where they're both into younger girls I mean Elizabeth Smart for instance like the whole she was abducted. The wife was directly involved, even held her down for the assaults. Like, yeah, you know what I'm fuck. saying? Like, they're, they're, it's very implicit as to how involved he was. And so, therefore, she was. And it's just like, is this coincidence? Or, like, how likely is it for you to have that many instances where pedophilia is involved and kidnappings mm-hmm. are involved and murders and sexual assaults are involved? Those are all things to consider, but they were ruled out. And then you become a prime suspect in a in a kidnapping and murder case that fits a play that your wife wrote of a child that you are obsessed with. Yes, and 20 years prior. It, it's just like, okie dokie. Yeah, that's a little strange. But so, like, what's the theory that he broke in? He was the burglar? Well, it was kind of like, okay, I'm so you... Were Santa Claus 1995, and then you already kind of had that. Oh, that connection. I like Jean Benet Ramsey. Um, anyone can have a connection to a child. That's, I get it. But 1996, you come back. There's so many people in and out of that house, especially around Christmas time. So much DNA. And also, you're kind of aware of the structure of the house and maybe you know when they're going to be asleep when they're going to be leaving when they're going to be getting ready their routine whatever the fuck and then what was it we watched it in another documentary but also in casting jean benet ramsey which is on netflix is like was she left a note or was she told directly that hey i have a surprise for you i think uh i think it was said in both that he told her directly like, I think in the first documentary we watched, I think it even said he, like, went to her room and talked to her one-on-one and said, "I'm you'll you'll get a surprise 
morning after Christmas or something. An extra special surprise. Yeah, because I think they had their Christmas party uh, Christmas Eve. Uh huh. I believe. Yeah, and then they went to their friend's Christmas Day for their party, and then yeah. Is yeah, because I I've been confused about that timeline because different yeah. documentaries kind of throw you off with the details. So, it, there was a lot of emphasis and precedence placed on the, um, the interviews with the close knit family friends that they went to their house. What did you say, Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? Where was the party? The the party at the friend's house was Christmas Day. The party at the Ramsey's house was Christmas Eve. Okay, so then that was a thing. I was aware that there was a Christmas party held at their home, but I wasn't aware that there were like hundreds of people in and out of that house during that time frame. Like that is a lot of people to be in and out of a household, no matter how many friends you have. And... Unfortunately, that's a lot of DNA. Uh, fuck ton. Yeah, and a lot of potential suspects. Mm-hmm. What's fucked up is that fast forward to the day of the crime scene where the police arrive, it is very well known that the Boulder Police Department fucked up by not preserving the crime scene. If I'm not mistaken, they were very open in the documentaries about how like, the pol- they let rookies in on the scene and they were just allowing a lot of family friends and people to come in and you know basically comfort the Ramses but also clean they were cleaning the kitchen yeah. they were just disinfecting things like what the fuck is that well I think the lead detective on the case w- that was her first homicide case mm-hmm. or no no not even because they, they didn't even know it was a homicide at that point I think that was just I don't know if it was her first case ever or first case with that police department, but I know she was a rookie, quote unquote, in some manner, either to the department or just a rookie detective. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she was just like, she had no, she basically had no idea what the fuck she was doing. She did not preserve uh, any sort of crime scene, even in her defense a little bit. She didn't necessarily know that the house was a crime scene, but also, yes, you do, because you know that someone came into the fucking house and took their daughter. So you, she fucked up big time on that one. Was she the rookie or was she just coming in and being aware of the other rookie? Mm, the other rookie. No, I think the first initial detective, uh, which was I forget her name, was was the woman detective. I believe she was the rookie. Because in one of the documentaries we watched, it doesn't it doesn't like make that a point. It just says this person came in, uh, the police department was in the whole time, and everyone was just kind of doing whatever the fuck they want. All the friends were coming in and out, but it never said anything about her being a rookie or anything like that. And then um, it was like the second episode of that same documentary or whatever that made it a point to say that she was a rookie and she really didn't have any fucking clue what she was doing. Um, and that's kind of why the friends were allowed to come in and clean and console and do all this other bullshit. Yeah. And there was also that little tidbit of Boulder, Colorado wasn't used to there being so many murders or kidnappings. So it wasn't that big Which of a deal. Which is probably true because back then it was, but it I was hate a, how so many small town like murders and crime, like, 
huge crime cases like that's their excuse like we're just not used to it so yeah that's a shitty ass excuse like especially when you know you're in the in the middle of a crime scene and you're just letting random ass motherfuckers like come you in. still have procedures regardless of what you're used to right yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. like no matter what she thought that was the situation that house should have been immediately on lockdown like mm-hmm. nobody in or out at all like almost uh i don't want to say ramsey's included but almost like keep them in a confined space no, like in the living room a hundred percent you put them in a room don't move yeah don't fucking move let's yeah. gather everything which i feel like they are more mindful of now considering past oh, cases and how <laughs> fucked the trials go For because sure. of that and then not only like not only did she uh allow all the compro- compromising of the crime scene to begin with when she realized oh this is the crime scene we should probably be investigating this she sent john ramsey to do it one of the okay one of the prime suspects whether you know it or not uh, it's not anyone within the police force like or yeah it's not it's not a cop it's not another detective it's not yourself you just you don't she didn't be like she didn't tell a couple beat cops to sit here keep everything under control don't let motherfuckers in an hour or whatever i'm gonna go search the fucking house she didn't tell she was like i'm gonna stay here and watch this keep an eye on things you guys go search the house be be mindful of what the fuck you're doing she said hey john this is your house you know it pretty well go find your go 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 find your fucking daughter for us real quick and lo and behold he's like huh that's weird because i know exactly where she's at all right babe to cap this off Go ahead, lay it on us. Who do you think did it? How did it go down? I don't know why, but I always gear toward... I go around in circles with Burke and Patsy, and I'm constantly in between both of them. There's a huge part of me that believes it could have been Burke, the brother. Mm -hmm. I just feel like the way Patsy and John Ramsey work together so hard to stick to their stories, it just, something about it. There's a huge part of me that thinks it was Burke, the older brother. At the risk of sounding cliche, I think that, you know, everyone always overanalyzed and really read into their body language, of course, the parents for every single interview. And at a certain point, it just seems like they were together because they shared a dark secret and they had the same interest in mind. And even prior to, you know, his most recent interviews as an adult, I get that he's probably socially awkward because he grew up around that terrible publicity and didn't have a lot of interaction growing up and then also now he works from home but I feel like if you watch the earlier interviews where he's a little boy and being interrogated so to speak he was super awkward back then too and by awkward I mean awkward yeah I mean knowing your little sister just got murked we'll probably do that to you so there's part of me that thinks it's Burke I'm always fascinated by the Santa Claus, Bill McReynolds, and just all those weird coincidences where he was super creepy and saying that he wanted the vial of glitter that she gave him cremated with his ashes and how he spoke 
super highly of her, but in a creepy way. And then also the how his wife made that play based on a 16-year-old girl getting kidnapped and killed in a basement 20 years prior. I feel like it was Burke, if I were to really give you a decisive answer. But, oh my God, but at the same time, Lou Schmidt has a point. Somebody could have fit through that window. And where did that mysterious suitcase come from? Shrug. Shrug shoulders. I don't know. I said decisive. I'm not being decisive. I mean, you don't. My answer is going to be pretty much the same thing, honestly. They're all in it together. What if Patsy agreed to a weird... No. It was probably a satanic cult. It was probably a satanic cult. Like we mentioned earlier, that she was six years old on December 26th of 1996. It was probably a satanic sacrifice gone wrong. All right, final answer. You got to nail it down to one person or one, one specific thing. It's your final answer. Who did it? How'd they do it? This is the game clue. You're solving the mystery. Who did it? How'd they do it? I went with all the answers that I just gave you. I really feel wholeheartedly comfortable with the satanic cult theory. Final answer. Final answer. Nice. Go. <laughs> um, my what? answer is pretty similar to yours. I feel... <clears throat> I feel I have a lot of research left to do, even though I've done quite a bit on it um, just f just for this episode. And, you know, just because it's fascinating to learn about these kind of things with you and whatnot. Aww. So from everything that I gather, if not Patsy, I would I would have to say it's it had to have been someone in the family I I lean more towards Patsy simply because um simply because yes a little kid of Burke's age could in fact cause the blunt force trauma with whatever I I mean I don't think there was ever uh a quote unquote weapon that was said that was used to do that no one really knew where the blunt force trauma came from i don't if can i, I pause that no no not literally pause like pause what you're saying mm -hmm. that reminds me actually because i heard one theory that she could have accidentally um pushed patsy could have pushed jean benet or banged her head up against the bathtub but i've also heard it was a a blunt you know portable object with especially the Burke theory, but remember Lou Schmidt, the private detective, he brought up a valid point where she had taser marks on her. Nobody in the family owned a taser. There was no taser ever found in the home. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why I kind of gear a lot towards Lou Schmidt and I, I place a lot of, confidence in his theories although his uh, his theories also were contradicting to evidence just like the police department's was but the taser that's a huge yeah thing yeah i the yeah so that's what i was going to get into like the blunt so like i if i'm going with someone in the family i rule out burke simply because if it was a object he hit her with 
it, it would have been found 100% there's no you, a little kid doesn't think to hide a weapon like he does it drops it and oh shit and you know realizes he's done something wrong he doesn't go hiding it and if it's uh, I could see you know her being pushed or falling and hitting her head like that uh, like that but again uh, it just so I, I don't see Burke playing a part of it from all the evidence I have looked into I lean more towards Patsy doing something and and then uh, Patsy and John working together to cover it up yeah is what I lean towards but like you said there is also plenty of evidence that Lou Schmidt brings to light that points to an outs- an outsider so it's hard to say which way or another i i did i didn't really go too deep into the lou schmidt um evidence and whatnot and everything he got into i'd like to actually i wish i had more time for this episode so we so we could or so i could regardless he did we we did see a lot of you know contradicting evidence uh to like pointing to someone other than ramsey's and when we were watching that first initial documentary like the first half I was like oh yeah Patsy okay look at all this stuff like mm-hmm. Patsy or Bur- or Burke or whoever like it, it's definitely had to be one of them like look at all this shit and then when Lou Schmidt enters enters the picture in the same documentary I'm like okay well fuck now I have no idea what to believe like mm-hmm. it does in fact seem like Patsy Ramsey uh, wrote the uh, the ransom note and all this other shit but then there's all this other evidence that's like, well, if like both things, I, I guess both things could have happened theoretically. Um, it could have, it could have been like, it could have very well, like why is no one putting the two theories together? Why, why isn't it possible that someone, someone the Ramseys knew and were close with, like the Bill McReynolds character was in fact, living out some weird fantasy, uh, some weird kidnap fantasy uh, that that the Ramses were allowing to happen. They knew it was going down, okay, but something went wrong. So to cover this uh, satanic cult they got going amongst themselves, the Ramses helped cover it up. Boom. Wow. Mic drop, motherfuckers. Wow. I know, right? Someone should hire me for PI. You're incredible. I'm on to I'm on to something here. I think. Yeah, I feel like I always hit the tip of the iceberg, and then you start like thunder. What is it called? Where they like into the ground really hard. I don't know. Thunder fucking jackhammering. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's my that's my thing. But no, it makes sense because <clears throat> the Ramsey the Ramsey th- the family theory always goes into well they're rich well-connected people they did it but they're using their connections and whatnot to cover it up and that always comes into play with like any like conspiracy theory type thing with rich people involved there's always some ring ring of connected people wealthy people that are running the world or whatever it is but it's that's usually based on like actual things that occur like there usually almost always is like a a quote unquote cult of people who come together and do stuff. So why is it impossible that uh I don't I don't know 
if Bill McReynolds was a well-off person or not. I mean, he might have, might may well have been. So when there's like these rings of people that are well-off and connected, the only reason they work and stay together and stay in secrecy is because they usually all have something on each other. So Bill McReynolds probably knew some shit about the Ramses, and mm. they knew obviously that he was into fucking pedophilia and all this other shit. So they knew they're they're not gonna rat each other out. Because they both got dirt on each other. So that probably came to light. And I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But like it's it's with the connected theories theory. It, it's very well possible that um, that could have been his form of payment. You know, like come be Santa and we'll let you touch our daughter. <laughs> I don't know. But I feel like. That last part is a super reach, but I do agree oh, for with sure. the cult and having shit on each other. Now, how this all <clears throat> went down, but, you know, they did find the mysterious male DNA in mm-hmm. her underwear, if uh, I'm not mistaken, and they still have never matched it to anyone. Yeah. In general, even with all... Yeah, that's another thing. That's yeah. It, it's like every new piece of evidence that gets introduced, like throws everything else off. So it's like, goddamn. It's will we ever get an answer? Who knows? Maybe not. I mean, this may be one of those things. It's just like, sorry, we, we're just never gonna know, you know. And it and it's shitty to think that because it re- was relatively not that long ago. It was in the nineties, mm-hmm. which. You know, forensics was still a thing. Like, it wasn't that great, but it was still a thing. Yeah, but, you know, they they forever, they didn't preserve the crime scene. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, shit, shit was fucked. I mean, from the get-go, that, that case was, the, that case wasn't going to go anywhere. From yeah. the get-go. They already but. fucked themselves. But I'm super intrigued by the theory of the whole cult theory and the family being involved, mm-hmm. at least in that capacity. But... I'm also thinking about, I was just thinking satanic cults mm-hmm. Yeah. in general. I wasn't thinking that the family was connected. Yeah. That's, I'm, I, I think that's going to be my final, final answer for now. And if, when I go back into researching this, I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. Like what if it was, what if it was an outside person who broke in, but what if the Ramsey's knew about it what if they were, they helped cover it up I'm going to look at it from that angle because I don't think anyone ever has not that I've seen it's either Ramsey's did it or nope it was someone else yeah I I love the connected theory theory yeah yeah it's yeah it's a little hard to get behind because it's like someone's breaking in your house why are you covering it up it could have been just a fantasy play out gone very wrong like the whole the whole thing could have not been like um not been a a murder or even a real kidnapping to begin with it could have just been bill mcreynolds weird fantasy he's like i'm gonna take her hostage quote unquote but i'm just gonna take her down in the basement and maybe i'll just admire her or whatever and maybe that's what's happening that's why she's got tase marks because he tase he tases her so she'll be unconscious so he can take her down to to the uh basement and then Maybe he drops her and that's how she gets the blunt force trauma or something. And he doesn't realize that she's that injured and he's doing these weird things. Because remember, she was tied up with sophisticated knots. 
And she got strangled and there was evidence of her trying to yeah. free herself. Yeah. So maybe so she, she was conscious. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You're not going to stay unconscious forever after being tased. It's not that big of a deal. Like if it does knock you unconscious. No. Like if you get tased and then you get your head hurt first, she was still no, able he, to fight back. No, I'm I'm saying like she could have very well been to like. This is timeline. Bill McReynolds, Patsy Ramsey agree. Bill McReynolds is going to quote unquote sneak in, uh, break in, take her hostage. Really, he's taking her down to the basement. He does whatever he's going to do with her. And then they're going to take her back upstairs. And that's the end of it. And he's going to he's going to leave. And that's the end of it. But Bill McReynolds comes in. He tases John Bonet just to just to make sure she's not going to wake up in the middle of him quote unquote kidnapping her um so he tases her takes her down to the basement uh somewhere in between him taking her down there or on the way <clears throat> i would assume just by what actually what it was actually done to her i would i would assume that he got her down there tied her up and maybe that's part of his fantasy too is strangling her a little bit maybe she woke up there was a little bit of fight or something, and and to try to knock her back out, he hit her with something. He hit her with something, try just to try to knock her back out, but hit her too hard because that's a grown ass man, and she's a little tiny ass fragile girl, and he accidentally killed her. I wonder if John Ramsey or if the Ramseys knew the McReynolds twenty years prior. So it was almost like, what if John Ramsey had a similar fantasy and did it to his? nine-year-old daughter and so he almost owed him one oh shit and so obviously they would have yeah, to cover he was it like, up hey remember remember back in 1974 when you when you kidnapped my daughter and her friend john bonnet is looking real nice buddy i think that's my final theory right there uh it was an outsider but everyone knew about it and something went wrong and to cover their own involvement and it they 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 covered it up yeah, because I just keep picturing the pineapple, you know? Yeah, I, keep, I always forget about that. It's like there's so many things like if she was tased to be taken down there, when the fuck did she eat pineapple? Did he or did he bring her downstairs, make her eat pineapple, and then, then taste, taste the her? shit out of her? Yeah, like it's... Because it doesn't sound... Ugh. The fucking reenactment was where she got tased in the bed. You don't get tased in the bed and, and then, then come down for a casual bowl of fruit. Yeah, that's so fucking. Yeah, like there's so many different things that like like that's what I'm saying. Like every new piece of evidence contradicts everything else. It's like what the fuck, man. And I think they found Patsy's fingerprint on the bowl, but again, it's a bowl in her kitchen. And yeah, there could have been fucking twenty different fingerprints on that bowl. But there wasn't. It was just like I think one thumbprint, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, but there's a thing. If Patsy Ramsey was feeding her pineapple and she's already committed into this weird fucking act where her daughter's about to die, why is there no fingerprints on anything else at, at anywhere? Why there? If if Patsy Ramsey wasn't gloved up, uh. You know, I, I mean, I guess it's, hey. I guess she could have been like, yeah, here, baby, eat some pineapple. Then fucking was staying behind her, threw on some gloves, tased her bitch ass and went no, to town. I don't I, know. You, you, you just don't know with that one. But 
but that's another thing that made me think if this is a huge elite group situation or at least semi-elite group situation all of their friends came over and for whatever reason thought it would be courteous to just immediately start cleaning they all knew about it yeah damn they were like yeah i'm so sorry this happened to you patsy let us go clean wink We'll cover it up for you. Let's see if the cops are stupid enough to let us do this. Oh, yeah. what do you know? They what are. Do you know? Linda Arndt sucks as a detective, apparently. Anyways, we're going to call it a night. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We love you. Stay thirsty. And hyped. And not sleepy. Yeah, I mean, all this talk about being striked... And blunt force trauma just reminds me of our new favorite energy drink called Strike Force Energy. God damn. It's great. It's super great. Just go on their website and use our discount code WhiskeyWine69. Boom. 20% off everything. I really love Strike Force because <clears throat> I love putting it in my drink in the mornings and getting just a burst of energy. That doesn't just make me feel wired or anxious or like I want to pace back and forth like I typically do. I actually start getting shit done within a timely manner and it is amazing. My brain function is overall, has overall improved since I started using it and I'm still able to go to sleep at night. I was so worried that drinking it at eight o'clock at night was just going to leave me tossing and turning in bed. No, I went to bed almost immediately and I had a sounder sleep than I would without anything like that. I typically get up a couple of times during the night and lately I've been sleeping like a fucking baby. But from us at Whiskey and Wine. 69. All the time. Sometimes anyway. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes. You guys stay beautiful and we'll stay golden.